0: This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colagard. Learn more at exactsciences.com.
1: Once we do open up, that's, I guess, where we're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to figure Yeah, out. yeah and, uh, and figure out how to live outside of a pandemic <laughs> world right now, which yeah. will be awesome, and I look forward to it.
2: Yeah, I'm like, wait, I get to put food on plates again? <laughs>
3: I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. This is The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. We are recording remotely for now.
0: Lindsay and I ran into Jamie Huang and Chucky Brown at Femstival last February, where they were doling out delicious mini veggie egg rolls. Around then, they were also doing pop-ups at Robin Room, and they were prepping a food cart for the summer.
3: The pandemic changed their plans just like it did everybody else's, But this past weekend, they opened Ahan at the Burr Oak, a cafe and music venue previously known as the Winnebago, where Chucky's band used to play. They had to close early on their first day because they sold out, and they even had to open late the following day.
0: Jamie's family is Lao. Her aunt runs Ha Bay on Willie Street, and the noodles, curry, and riffs on Crab Rangoon at
3: Ahan are inspired by her childhood. That platter with the sausage and spicy tomato jam is all I want right now. Give a listen. Hi, Jamie and Chucky.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Stereo. It's,
3: it's great to hear both of you. Um, first of all, congratulations on your first weekend.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys.
3: Yeah, it's the it, it was your first weekend at the Burr Oak, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, so yeah, we're uh-huh, at the Burr Oak.
1: <laughs> yeah, this yeah, first first weekend at at the at the restaurant. Uh, First outside of Robin Room, and we did uh, a pop-up at uh, Garber Feed Mill for for Femstable, but yeah.
2: Yeah, first, anything outside of those events. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So I was doing a little research as we were getting started uh, researching, getting ready for this, and there was a story that said that you picked up uh, an old food cart and you were going to refurbish that. Do you still have, uh, I know you've been doing pop-ups and some things, but- is there, is it still sort of part of your plan to have a, like a mobile section of the business or are you going to be at the Baroque? Like, this is the plan.
2: Um, yeah. I, you know, like we kind of just put that on pause cause we were like, maybe, you know, we can find something a little bit bigger to start off with. But then I, after we started this, I kind of was, I wanted to hang on to the food cart. I definitely want to do like a street food style food cart eventually maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: hopefully next summer uh, we'll be able to do something.
0: When it's more uh, conducive to people actually lining up close to each other.
1: Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, cuz we have we were, we were ready to go with the food cart and then um we were going to do late night like outside of bars and stuff like that and uh once once they all got shut down, it's like, uh we probably shouldn't sign up for these licenses right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, just, uh, we were kind of planning on, uh, just kind of taking the year off and see what was you know going to happen with everything. And then, uh, we were contacted by, uh, Jake Dehaven from the Burr Oak and, uh, they offered us, uh, uh, to rent out the, the, old, their old, uh, cafe and kitchen spot of, uh, of the venue. And, um, it uh, was a really awesome spot. Jamie had always wanted to do takeout and, and like
2: small seating area. Like, yeah. even before COVID, we were like, we really just want like a restaurant with a really small seating area and focusing on takeout. So
0: it kind
1: of
2: really yeah. worked out. Yeah,
1: yeah, it uh, it it seemed like a, a viable option at least uh, to try it. Yeah.
0: So, what was your um your both, both of your backgrounds before this, and like, where did your your paths, I guess, intersect? At, at which point, you know, um, Ahan, uh became, you know, a, a project that you were both working on.
2: So, I guess for me, I started working in restaurants since I was like a kid. You know, like I would just help out around my aunt's restaurant in Beaver Dam. She had a restaurant called China Palace for like twenty three years. So like as a kid I would be like running around there and then as I got older I'd find like little things to do and want to help out. Um and then I moved to Madison and went to college here, and then ended up going to culinary school. And then my aunt opened up Hollong Bay, so I was like serving there while I was cooking. I um I got my first cooking job at La Toile, I interned there. So I was serving at Hollong Bay, cooking at Latoile. Then finally was able to get out of serving and, um, yeah, worked at Toile for a couple of years. Four quarter, um, Estrion, Sujo, back to Toile, And now, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I worked at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube in high school. <laughs> I was a food runner and I worked at the Wingo window. And then I, I like, worked at a bar on campus at uh, UW-Milwaukee. And then uh, after that, I trained dogs and uh, coached junior varsity high school lacrosse uh, for a few years. And then uh, a friend of mine introduced me to someone who was looking for bartenders okay. at uh, Mike Liu, um, who was he was uh, opening up Estreon And uh, I, I had mentioned I used to bartend before and he was like, oh, cool. And then like uh, two hours or so later, he's like, so you say you used to bartend, huh? Because I'm looking to fill a crew. So then uh, that's where I met Jamie. She was a sous chef there. And uh, I barbacked and then bartended there for a few years. Um, then ended up uh, going over to the Robin Room, followed Mike Lou again, and then uh, worked at Mintmark as well. And then uh, was about to work at the Muskie, but... Uh, then we opened up here so that uh that kind of stopped that but um yeah
2: yeah I, and yeah we started dating like almost three years ago and I, I think like we just kind of I don't know we were like just looking at food carts because yep. we kind of had this idea where we we're like that'd be really like cool
1: yeah fun cool, cool. To do. <laughs> yeah and then we were looking for them for a while and then we came across one in Iowa and uh we ended up driving down there and picking it up is the, uh? The, what does it say on the, the Sausage Mobile? Yeah, uh,
2: it's, yeah, it's like an old Johnsonville brat
1: part. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was, uh, it, uh, but yeah, it's still sitting in my mom's uh, driveway right now. She's been awesome and helping us out. Uh, she helped us paint uh of uh, Han and uh, she, she's been awesome. And, and Jamie's well, mom's been awesome.
2: And then after the first few pop-ups at Robin Room, then we were kind of just like, well, we kind of need like our own, kitchen you know in order to like sustain this whole thing because we were working out a feed kitchen which is really really great but we were kind of just like i think we need our own space and started looking around like there's a lot of really great spaces that you know but we just thought the burrow was such a unique idea yeah <laughs> especially in times like this just having businesses work together to try to just keep things afloat you know
1: yeah yeah it's kind of Interesting and surreal for me too, because like I, I play in in a local band, play in the Earthlings, and we've played a handful of shows at this venue before, and it's just like, oh yeah, cool. And then like, like
2: all of a sudden it's like, oh. together is just like <laughs> uh, a really you know unique thing. <laughs> yeah.
3: I I was wondering how have you been developing the menu for Ahan?
2: So the menu for Ahan, pretty much I just like kind of thought of. A few items that I really, you know, really wanted to try out at the pop ups. And, you know, they had a great turnout. And I kind of just have taken some of those items and then some of the things I grew up eating and then some things that I really enjoyed at Sujo, but kind of changed them up a little bit.
3: Are there examples of some things, for example, from Halong Bay or from Sujo that you're sort of putting your own interpretation on? Like I noticed, like the cow soy, for example which I don't know if it was on the menu at Sujo or if it was a special.
2: No, so that's a, actually a totally different Khao Soi.
3: Tell me about it.
2: So the Khao Soi at Sujo that's like a Northern Thai style Khao Soi. And the Khao Soi that we have here at Ahan is a Luang Prabang style Khao Soi, which is a city in Laos that my mom's from, you know, so it's kind of special to me. Like it was one of the things she really loved making. You know, she even helped me make like the first batch.
3: That's awesome. There are so many aromatics i was I was just like perusing the menu and and it's like that fermented soybean, so you have like that that saltiness and the umami, but then also there's like cilantro scallion bean sprouts, you know garlic and lot la- the fried garlic and the lime like there's so many like big flavors in that, but looking at that and looking at some of the other dishes that you're doing, there's also like a ton of veggies, which is just what we want in the middle of summer, I think
2: yeah, totally yeah, I totally had that in mind too. I mean there definitely will be seasonal changes, you know. Also just people are doing a lot of vegetable forward things, you know, it's also a little bit more sustainable.
3: <laughs> for sure.
2: Yeah, so as far as like sujo or Halong bay stuff like the egg the vegetable egg rolls like um so that's totally different than the sujo egg roll besides the fact that I do do like that crispy tempura dip on the outside of them. But I wanted to do something that was like going to be really good either for meat eaters or vegetarian or vegans, you know. Like it's totally vegan, <laughs> and then like growing up, uh, like just like the roasted chick, wild chicken and sausage platter, that was something that I would eat growing up. The chev wonton. So like my aunt owned a Chinese American restaurant, like I said before, China Palace, um, in Beaver Dam, and we would, as little kids, we would always like ask to eat crab rangoons. So like I was like, okay, like what can I do to do a take on this?
3: <laughs> I love that. It's like your adult version of something that you had as a kid.
2: Yeah, 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 for sure.
3: I was also wondering when you're pulling these dishes together, is it hard to sort of cull from all the things that you want to make and all the things that you're excited about and craving? Like, are, are you going to have a pretty set menu that will be the same going forward or are you going like, to have a lot of specials in there too?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is hard to like narrow it down and just figure out like, hey, like you only have this much, like your space is only this big, like you can really only have this many items. So yes, I will be doing like a lot of rotating specials. Like, I think on Wednesday I'll probably put out my first couple specials.
0: Nice. So Lindsay and I, like the first time, I think um, you had, had some of the some of some of their food before, but um, the FemsTival was the first time that I actually got a chance to taste your your food, and it was the um, it was the the vegetable rolls, I believe. Right.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: What was the the feedback from from FemsTival like? I assume a lot of, you know, positivity from the people that were there.
2: Yeah. Demstool is really yeah, cool. We had a great turnout. Um, everyone thought it was kind of unique. They really like, it was like, um, they liked all the fresh veggies with the fried egg roll.
1: Yeah. It was, it was great for us. We, we were doing lots of trading. Um, it was, yeah. 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 I, I, that was a while ago. I, I remember getting uh, some really good, I can't remember at this point. <laughs>
2: Can't remember who it was from. No, yeah, I can't
1: remember who it was from. (laughs) But yeah, we were doing a lot of a lot of fun food trading and stuff like that. And yeah, it was it It was was just
2: nice to be part of this little like community and everyone Mm. was like so interested in everyone's food.
3: Tell us a little bit about the name and where the name comes from.
2: So Ahan means food in Laos and um my family's from Laos. Both my parents are from there. And um For me, I guess I just wanted to call it something simple, you know? I wanted to call it a Han because I do come from a Laotian background, but I don't only want to cook solely Laotian food here. So I'm like, what if I just call it food, but in the Laotian language?
0: This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open
3: jobs. I was wondering, um, like, what has been weird or interesting or cool or good or bad or indifferent about opening a new concept during a pandemic? Like, how is how has that been for you guys? And how is it different than maybe what you thought it was going to be?
1: Well, I think opening, you know, a few months after uh, things have been shut down and then reopened again has been uh, you know very beneficial for us because a we're not having to adjust a, a former model we're going in it fresh and and this is the only thing we know right now as far as being a restaurant and um also there are so many like procedures and and how to hang, you know, plexiglass. You know, there's so many different things that are already in place and have been thought of a little bit more that gave us a broader scope to look at and help us make it a, a more safe, as safe as possible, opening and uh, and still be able to give people some some new food.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the Burr Oak. This is uh, this is the space that is formerly was the Winnebago, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um. And so I know that there was. You know some uh you know food situations that were in there before, what was the uh the process like of kind of coming in and, and taking over that aspect of the space and you know putting putting your stamp on it over there it was
1: actually it was pretty awesome because there was a, a lot of uh, equipment and stuff that was already um, here that was uh, is is being uh, uh, rented out to, as part of our lease as well to us uh, mm-hmm. through Jake yeah he's he's been awesome in giving us a, a you know free range to do whatever we need to do for the kitchen and stuff
2: yeah and he like right away he was like if you guys just want to change this whole front area and make it your own he was like you're you're able to do that so we kind of came like we kind of already had an idea of like if we were to open we've kind of talked about it already for a couple months like if we were going to open a space like how would we you know design it how what colors would we use and all that stuff and Chucky's mom is like a professional interior painter so we got really lucky with that and um, we were able to come in tell her what we wanted to do and you know she was able to delegate to us what we needed to do to get this done so pretty much we just came in and made the whole front area our own in like a week. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, how long had you guys been in a relationship with the borough talking about putting something in there? I mean, obviously it would have been pre, you know, pandemic.
1: The, the very end of June.
0: Oh
2: yeah. Like I had, <laughs> I had spoken to Ashley Miller, Jake Haven's um, yeah, fiance yeah. like months ago. And then they were like, we're not sure what we're going to do yet. Cause we were going to rebrand mm-hmm. and then figure it out. And then they messaged me. And then we had talked to them like once and then we talked to them at the end of June. And then I was like, all right, well, then let's just start going. (laughs) Start the project, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Never mind. Yeah, it it, it, it sounds like it came came together a lot faster than I expected.
3: I am curious, Jamie, what you think about like how what Madison residents tend to have a a relationship with Lao food, like what they think of as Lao food, what diners think of and how what you want to do either is different from or fits into that. Because, you know, there is Lao Lanzang and Haolong Bay, obviously, on the east side. How is what you're doing going to be a departure or fit within that?
2: I think people in this neighborhood know a good amount about Lao food. You know, it might not be as well known in other areas. Um, I think that a lot of people expect even just most Asian food to be... Really large portions, like um, really low cost, you know. So for us, that's a a little bit different. Like the portions are pretty normal size, not huge. The price points a little bit more because we're using some local veggies and some local proteins. So that's where we're kind of differentiating and um, just different, I guess, plating style, even though it's in a to-go box. But what's the same is i think just like the flavors and the techniques you know
1: yeah i mean yeah jamie's background you know being you know her family runs owns how bay and she worked so long with tori miller and was uh that executive chef at sujo is kind of like in in a way a lot of uh marriages between those two places like happen in her food and it's, yeah
2: yeah i would say it's like the same flavor profiles some of the same techniques some of them a little bit different and then just like kind of different sourcing.
0: You mentioned earlier that you guys are are a couple and have been for, you know, a few years. What has it been like doing this together? I know for some couples it would, you know, maybe be a nightmare. <laughs> and yeah, how is um <laughs> what's the uh wh- what's it been like for you guys? It's been good we've
1: we've worked with each other a lot before um
2: yeah we were just friends when we worked at estrian so chucky already kind of knew how i was in like a mm-hmm. workspace i guess and then he also worked at sujo like rolling dumplings a little bit
1: yeah yeah and then so yeah kind
2: of knew what we were getting into i guess
1: yeah um, we'd already done pop-ups we actually and, worked yeah. really well together uh-huh. i guess that
2: was what we, uh, well i
1: don't know i don't know how many times we've moved to a house you know it's been like four or five moves and you know we've we, we're just always working together anyway. So it's, it's been, it's been, you know, as good as like any, any kind of a business relationship could go. Um, and also on top of that, it's not hurting our, you know, our yeah. personal relationship either. I mean, is there,
0: are you kind of just compartmentalizing between the, the working together and the, you know, being together or is it, is there a lot of like overflow and kind of overlap between there?
2: Right now, there's a lot of overlap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, in the future, yeah, we'll be able to be like, hey, this is our day off completely from work, you know? But like right now, it's just like overlap. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I'm expecting a day off for a few
3: months. (laughs) What is your long-term vision for the space and the concept?
2: So for the space, like we talked to the owners of the Bear Oak a lot, and we would all really like to one day, like be able to have people sit down, watch a show, eat food. Um, also when there are no shows, Jake is welcoming us to use their, um, stage area as a dining room. So, which is huge. Yeah.
1: Really big. And yeah. the forge. Yeah.
2: So that's like future, future plans, mm-hmm. um, near future plans. Um, Jake has plans to, um, open up some tents outside where he'll have a few tables in each tent. So it'll be a little bit, even a little bit, even like safer. So you can only have a couple of tables in a tent and hope, uh, they'll be able to serve some drinks in the bar in there as well. Nice. Yeah, we're hoping to start that yeah. maybe in couple, next week or a couple I weeks. I believe, yeah, we're going
1: to try to do it on, this. I think it's the 7th, is this this Saturday or this Friday. Friday or Saturday, I think, is when they were thinking about trying it, weather permitting.
3: <laughs> Always this summer. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been using social media to keep folks connected with you guys?
1: Uh, we have a really, really awesome social media uh, director named Kenny Rosales. He also does all the social media for uh, Deja Family Group, and he's been saving our butts and a lot of time for us by pretty much spearheading uh, that campaign.
2: Yep, like he'll be like, this is what, like he'll kind of have a scheduled out, like, hey, this is what I need you to do, and this is what I'm gonna do, and we talk about it. We all kind of talk about what we're gonna post, and he'll come in and just take pictures while we're working on stuff.
1: And yeah, yeah, he's he's a really talented photographer, and and he has a really good. I, we really like his tone. He his really, style. Yeah, his style. He just he's a really good fit with us, and he he really seems to get us.
2: We just work really well with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you've got him. Who else is is on your your team right now?
1: Um, we, our sous chef uh, right now is Nick Bolin
2: from Astreon and Mintmark um, uh, Fairchild.
1: Yep. Yeah. Fair. yeah. And, so we were
2: lucky enough to you know pick him up to become our sous chef uh
1: and then yeah then we also we have joe shaner he was uh he was running all the food operations at breeze stevens and worked uh, at
2: sujo for three years and then we have a bunch of other long time like long time sujo cooks
1: yeah yeah it's yeah we've been joking it's it's uh whenever we go down the kitchen i was like it looks like sujo east down here
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then we have um just a couple like Friends, we know like working with us. Like I have one of my good friends, Kathy, packing carryouts with me. One of our cooks, Adam, his fiance is um one of the people that works out front as well. Yeah, my, and then my yeah his bandmate, Elliot Gilfillan, works um also in the front. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I wonder if opening up like this still during the pandemic means that you're able to be a little bit more flexible versus being a restaurant that's like established for a dine in and a certain structure that can't happen because of the pandemic. Do you think that it's made you more able to adapt?
1: Yeah, in a way, but it's so yeah, it doesn't even feel like adapting though, because again, this is just we we are just a takeout spot. And so at, at the moment we have no tables. So it's, you know, we this is this is all we know and this is all we've done so far. Um, once as we, business owners, yeah. As yeah. business owners, once we do open up, that's I guess where we're going to have to adapt. out. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and figure out how to live outside of a pandemic <laughs> world right now, which yeah. will be awesome. I look forward to it.
2: Yeah, I'm like, wait, I get to put food on plates
0: again. <laughs> put the tents away.
3: Are there dishes that you would like to be able to do, but you're sort of working up to them to make sure that they will sell well? I mean, you you still probably have a fairly small like test case in terms of like what is selling well and what isn't but I wonder if there are things that we can expect coming soon
2: I guess I don't have like a list of things that I'm like oh like I hope to do this in the future but I can't do it right now you know um I think it's more like I've just been kind of just thinking in the now (laughs) I guess in a sense but I do have things that I'm thinking like you know, like a couple weeks ahead of time, you know, where I'm like, okay, like I'd like to rotate this out and rotate that out because, like, we are working from a small space too. So, there, yeah, there are things I want to do that I can't just put them all out there at once.
1: Yeah, the only which thi- I would love to. <laughs> the the only thing for me personally that's in my future uh, plans uh, for next summer, I really want to get a soft surf machine. Oh,
2: oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I guess yeah, we really miss. I want that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was one of my favorite things at Sujo was the the ice cream.
1: It was super fun. Yeah, yeah. She, Jamie does such a great job with the flavor combos. We miss it.
3: There were such fun ones. And I will say, like, one of the things that I missed from Sujo, too, was those, like, late night specials you guys used to do. And I know that, like, when you were doing Popos at the Robin Room, it feels kind of similar to that because, like, it's designed to go along with, like, booze, like... You're going to have cocktails and you're going to have like drunken noodles or you're going to have like egg rolls or whatever it is. But this, the format that you guys are doing here, it it, it seems like it's more like like a dinner time versus late night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We've been seeing a bunch of people uh, eating it on picnics, um, like on Instagram. And it seems like
3: really cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It seems like my favorite way that I've seen people do it so far.
3: How can people find you and follow you?
2: To find us on the us, um, our Instagram is Ahan Madison, just A H A N, and then Madison, and then our Facebook is Ahan Madison six oh eight.
1: Yeah, and then we're also um about to launch our website ahanmadison.com. That'll probably be in the next couple of weeks or so, and uh, we'll we'll have our menu uh, linked to there and online and ordering. yeah, online ordering uh, linked uh, through through that page.
2: Or you can call Chucky on the phone.
1: Yeah, you can call me. It's uh, 608-867-4001. And, uh, yeah, come get some food at 226 Winnebago Street. Uh, 62. Oh, two, 2262
2: Winnebago Street. We're new here. I just moved. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. And what are your hours right now?
2: So right now, our hours are Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then we're hoping mm-hmm. to maybe open up Tuesdays in the near future.
3: Nice. So you're doing lunch and dinner, yes, it looks like. Yep. Nice. Well, this is really exciting, and I'm really uh, excited for you guys! So, congratulations on this. Thank you so yeah, much. we're you. really
2: excited. We love this neighborhood. Um, we received an amazing, overwhelming like experience um, this weekend. everyone came and supported us.
1: Yeah, we had to shut down early. We we <laughs> had to shut our kitchen off at six thirty, and we couldn't open
0: again
2: on
1: <laughs> Sunday till four because they wiped us clean. It was amazing.
2: <laughs> but yeah, we just want to thank everyone, and we've been having an amazing weekend. <laughs> yeah,
0: hopefully, you'll have a whole whole lot more amazing weekends in your future. Yeah,
3: thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, guys. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times.
0: Our theme music was composed by Patrick Christians. Podcast producer Natalie Yar edits the show.
3: The Corner Table releases an episode every other week. Subscribe to The Corner Table wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review if you like it.
0: You can find Lindsay and me on Twitter and Instagram. We're both pretty easy to track down. And you can check out captimes.com for more food and drink news, including a story about babka with flavors like sticky pecan caramel and chocolate hazelnut.
3: I am Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. Our wish for you this week is a rice noodle salad with all kinds of crunchy fresh veggies. It is farmer's market season, friends. Cheers! I wanted to record
1: that because that is delightful.
0: <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.